everyone and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name is Emma Bolardi and I'm a content marketer here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Beamer, one of the best ways to help keep your users updated and engaged. Beamer lets you announce your latest product updates and get powerful feedback within in-app notification center, models, change log and NPS. Beamer is code free and super easy to install. You can segment users to send targeted notifications and measure analytics to track engagement in real time. Loved by thousands of product teams like Intercom, Hotjar and Freshworks, go to getbeamer.com to try it for free today. As part of this series, we're connecting with PMMs all over the world about various product marketing topics. And in this episode, we'll be speaking to Nadia Nikki, Global Product Marketing Manager at Uber Eats, and we'll be discussing market experimentation. Thanks for joining us, Nadia. Thank you so much, Emma. It's so great to be here. Excellent. So I'm going to dive right in with the first question. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Uber Eats? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a product marketing manager on the marketplace and consumer experience team on uh, Uber Eats. So being on a three-sided marketplace uh, with eaters, delivery partners, and restaurants uh, can get quite complex. And uh, our team, the marketplace team, uh, we run a lot of new product experiments. And basically what we do is we test new products Uh, in different regions before rolling the feature out globally. So some of the products that I've gotten to work on include Uber Eats Promotions, um, our $0 delivery fee products, and Priority Delivery. So if you've ever received a promotion uh, from us as an Uber Eats customer, that was probably our team. Excellent. Um, So today we're going to be talking about marketing experiments. And can you tell us why they're important? Totally. Yes. So I believe marketing experiments are essential, um, especially in our role as PMMs. I find a lot of marketing can be intuition, but what experiments really allows is for us as marketers to get a signal um, before launching a campaign out globally. Mm -hmm. So it saves the business um, time and money, um, but it also provides us PMMs lessons and learnings that we can apply to the future. So ultimately to think about it, it helps us gain confidence and get relative certainty on the success of future campaigns. Um, For some examples of experiments are, I've worked with um, production teams on storyboarding ideas before we go into production. So this is an example of really testing out a concept in a focus group before going into production and investing so many assets and um, money into producing the video. Uh, For other tests include um, acquisition tests. So testing which channels work out best. Um, This can also save the business money. But ultimately, I think um, as a PMM, I think really the golden nugget is to supplement user insights and research. So, you know, I work really closely with our research team and their PMMs, you know, one of PMMs greatest partners and user insights are really helpful to, you know, get some color into what users say and and what they think and getting a deeper understanding but experiments will really show you their behavior and what they'll actually do uh, when it comes down to them being on their own and navigating your product. So how do you get to the point of knowing um, what experiments to run and which elements to test Uh, so what goes into the preparation for that? 
Totally. So experiments can definitely be complex. I personally categorize them into product forward and marketing forward experiments. So for the first bucket for product, uh, these experiments typically require a lot of engineering resources and other high cost or high build time um, requirements. So these are often like super collaborative at Uber. We'll conduct what we call jam sessions. So we'll get a cross-functional team together and brainstorm and ideate then prioritize different features that we want to test uh, and launch. So that's the first bucket, but I'll focus on the second bucket, which is the marketing experiments. So this is really where, um, you know, as PMM, we bring the insights to the table and speak on behalf of our consumers and, and represent them. So for marketing experiments, you know, as a PMM, I usually lead the strategy for this. So I loop in our creative team, brand, designers, um, and get them all in a room or a virtual room. Um, and the tricky part is, is to design, you know, I put together a matrix generally of mm -hmm. what is the highest impact versus the complexity of the experiment. So it's always a trade-off, right? Like sometimes you can run really complex experiments um, that have high impact, but, but that may take a lot of time versus an easy experiment, but it has low impact. So what we do is we you know, discuss what are some high impact, but relatively low lift experiments that we can run. So it depends on ultimately your goal and what you're trying to learn. Um, I'll take an example of, you know, we've run a lot of CRM campaign experiments and, you know, the standard subject line, image, um, you know, uh, click-through rate, or I should say the uh, button, the call to action, are typically some of the first elements in CRM to be tested just because they could have a high impact. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the product, obviously. I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of um, our Uber Eats products, but you need to change up the test to reflect, you know, what you're trying to learn and what is the path that your customers are typically going through. Mm -hmm. So how do you choose which metrics to measure? Yeah, so in this case, um, data science and marketing analytics uh, are our best friends here. Uh, so I typically how this works is I'll put together um, a one to two page, you know, experiment brief after, you know, the, the jam or brainstorm that I've conducted. And then first, we'll try to think through, you know, classic growth marketing, build a funnel of what are the metrics that are relevant to each stage um, of the funnel and, and if, if conversion is your goal, for example. So I'll prepare this one pager and then I'll definitely make sure to get data science or marketing analytics perspective, because I think a key trick here is that we sometimes it surprises completely that, um, you know, we it's maybe hard to pull a certain metric or measure something right like um, brand campaigns, you know, street mm -hmm. billboards are sometimes more difficult to measure than performance or paid marketing. So definitely, definitely targeting the, the metrics to the channels and, and the learnings is really, really key. Okay. So what are the indicators of success once you've analyzed the results? Totally. I think it's that we've ultimately learned something, you know, experiments don't necessarily have to be quote success. So in my experience, the ones that 
well, we, where we've learned, um, we've failed or we've learned something completely surprising, mm-hmm. um, can sometimes be the ones that benefit us in the long term. So, you know, as long as, you know, experiments are set up methodically and, um, you know, we've taken the time to really plan out the design, then really that's what you're here for. And the learnings that come out of it um, are gold. And and these things are, um, you know, there's a lot of money and time that go into these experiments. Mm -hmm. So sharing out the results is really important. And I think um, that's really what is what I consider is success after we've gone through analysis. Absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about um, the right way to run an experiment or the successful way. So is there a wrong way to run the experiments? Yes. So (laughs) that's a good question. Um, I would say having too many variables. So Mm -hmm. not really being clear on what you want to learn. I think that's what the root cause is. So, you know, it's really easy to get carried away and want to add, um, you know, more learning. So more questions like what if we, you know, you can go down many different paths, right? Because the setup of the experiment is ultimately up to you. So it could go many different directions and having too many variables can, um, to use like a data science term is you could like lose signal or, or it won't be, you know, statistically significant if you have way too many cohorts. So, um, I think that's something to be cautious of. So keeping them simple, mm-hmm. uh, and then always including a control group. So, <laughs> I've definitely run experiments where we lose sight of that and we don't, you know, control group for those that may not know is a baseline ultimately, right? It's, it's comparing back to, you know, was this, was this experiment or these variables effective or were they not effective? And then keeping that control group um, with any scientist that's listening, it will obviously be nodding and say that's crucial. So uh, from a personal um perspective have you ever conducted an experiment that spectacularly failed and if so what did you learn from it yes so I would say this my example for this one would probably be not it expands past experiment into just general campaign so being on the Uber Eats promotions team you know we we do run a lot of promotions mm-hmm. and I think what was happening at the time is we were we were launching a bit too quickly that our Q&A so the process that checks you know are our comms looking great you know is just making you know ticking all the boxes you know that process really couldn't keep up with the speed at which we were launching these experiments mm-hmm. so what ultimately happened was we uh, sent out uh, an email for uh, a promo- an Uber Eats promotion to our um, existing customers uh, that had um, no percentage off. So the value was... <laughs> <laughs> so we sent out these comms and we were like, you know, you thank you so much for being, you know, a customer. Enjoy, you know, percentage off. But it was like <laughs> negative, you know, it was, a, it was a cluster of different keys. And yeah. we were like, oh gosh, it's... <laughs> You know, this, this could either, this looks like a, a big fail, um, it, you know, so it's, it was really bad. And, it, and because we were launching these, like, these experiments across the US, you know, it went out to some, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of users. So, you know, we issued uh, 
a second follow-up email, um, saying, you know, sometimes, sometimes we mess up too. Um, and, you know, I think looking back on that, you know, what would have helped and what we need to focus on is, you know, sometimes just slowing down for that little moment, like right before launching an experiment, Mm -hmm. just to make sure everything's tightened up and, you know, you've checked all the comms and, you know, the messaging is right is, is really important. And I think that's where we could have, you know, saved the campaign, but ultimately we learned and we fixed the, uh, we fixed that bug um, (laughs) after the fact. And you held your hands up and admitted you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It always helps. I like that. Thank you for being a value customer. Here's nothing. (laughs) So we like to kind of end the show on a uh, few words of wisdom. So what's the best piece of career advice you've ever been given? I I love that you asked this question, Emma, because (laughs) I think different people, um, you know, listening to the podcast bring different, um, different pieces of advice. And, you know, this is obviously, um, you know, uh, curated by different people they've worked with. So it's really, I think it's a really valuable piece um, in the podcast. And for me, I would say be 1% better every day has been the best piece of advice that I've been given. And I personally apply this in my career, but also in my personal life. And what it means to me is, you know, you can, we're humans, we can make mistakes, we learn from, you know, our our, our careers and, and our journeys. But what it's about is just trying our best to make incremental improvements. Um, so small changes every day, you know, it could be something that scares you, it could be something that you actively improve. Um, and by doing that, I find it has ultimately, you know, it it compounds over time and it has opportunity to drastically change, you know, our paths, both our career paths, but also personal lives. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Nadia. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lovely time. It was great to meet you. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, Please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.